Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. Okay, so today we're going to talk about now that we realize we have emotions and what some of them are, that we are going to figure out what do we do with them. Ignore them. <laughs> Stuff them in a box. Um, so I, most of us won't have to do anything different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're all doing it correctly. Um, and I, I think we will talk about what happens when we do that. But I think... The first step, though, is, again, just seeing the the blinking light. I think that's just the first step. I think we need to just be aware that there is a light going off, that there's an emotion. And so in a lot of us, we will ignore the light. But the first step is just being conscious enough to, uh, you know, be aware that something's going on. Yeah. When we talk about being aware of what's going on and what the message is, right? Mm-hmm. So even as we've been working on this, when I have clients come and say that they've either heard something on the podcast or they've read a book about emotions. I had a client yesterday said that she recognized from reading um, Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown that she was experiencing dread Mm -hmm. and that that was different than sadness for her. And so I said, okay, so as you're learning that and recognizing what that dread is, then we can start to work on how do we respond to dread in your life. And so that awareness is a huge step and gives her power because she can now have different responses versus clumping them all together and either shoving them in the closet until they all explode like some weird jack-in-the-box toy or, you know, putting them all on top of herself like a weird pile of blankets. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just being aware, like we've gone over all these different emotions, but at the same time, there are so many more, like you said, and some are very closely related to one another, but others do have that special little, you know, difference that makes it a more unique situation. And I think, yeah, being able to know the difference between a cold and a flu, essentially, they're, they're kind of similar often in their presentation, but they're very different in what you're going to actually do to take care of them. And so with those different things, you want to make sure that you're aware of that for yourself, not just based off of what everyone else is saying as well. I think that's the other huge thing about it is that you could go to a therapist. There are ones out there who you tell them some of these things and they go, oh, it's obviously this emotion. But in your head, you're like, I I don't know if I agree, you know, or you could go to someone who you trust, you know, that just whoever feels like they might know more and they could misplace what that emotion is for you. And if your gut's telling you, I don't know, I think just looking into that, sometimes you might be wrong. Sometimes they might be wrong. Sometimes you're both wrong. Right. It. That's why I like to ask weird. clients like, is, is that it? Did yeah. And like, no, that's not like, okay, good feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are some times that I'll do that. And the client's like, yeah, that's not it. And then we talk about it more and they go back and they're like, actually, that was it. Right. And so and in that moment, it's not like I'm like, ha, sucker. Right. Like I'm <laughs> sometimes in a, you know, comical way, but you're allowed to laugh, Jen. It's okay. <laughs> but sometimes I look at it and I go, you know, oh, 
cool. Like you needed a little more context. You needed a little more, you know, info on that. And that's what made it. And so, and I, I don't expect anyone to be an expert on it. One of my favorite books um, is Permission to Feel by Mm -hmm. Mark Brackett. And he works with the Yale Institute of Emotional Intelligence. And in the book, they talk about being an emotion scientist. And as we talk about emotion work, it's about understanding what something is, how it works with other things, and how you can work with those emotions inside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And And that seems pretty simple when I say it that way, but it's actually really complicated, especially if you ever were told that an emotion was bad or good, then you might have avoided something that we were told was bad, maybe like anger. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people think anger is bad, so they avoid it. Or they say happiness is good, but they're really just having that fake happiness versus the having meaning and worthwhileness in their life. And so being more authentic in your emotions. I avoided anger for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then when I did my own emotion work, it was surprising to find out how important and useful it is. And then by opening up anger in a healthy way, not this out of control way, Mm -hmm. the rest of my emotions opened up and I felt everything more fully. And then life just became more rich. Mm -hmm. I think along with us knowing our own emotions, I think it's being comfortable also around others who are expressing their emotions. I had a group last night of men that we were talking about this and we had this interesting kind of all together just moment of like, oh, of we were talking about empathy. They were talking about how they expressed empathy, which empathy isn't, I mean, it's kind of, it's it's a grouping of emotions. It's how we are able to you know, see someone's emotions, process it, and then present kind of an emotional situation to be with that person. Um, So it's not quite being an emotion, but we realized that they all knew how to be empathetic, but they did not know how to receive empathy from someone. And it was very interesting that click of realizing how receiving other people's emotions like we may be able to notice ourselves and be so invested in our own emotional work but when others are expressing an emotion how we do not know how to do that same with like others serving us others expressing love for us people don't know how to receive that emotion so it was very interesting with that whole emotion work realizing that other component as well of flipping it and saying okay, I can express this emotion of my own, but when someone expresses that to me, what the heck do I do, right? And we kind of were boiling it down interestingly, like with Christianity and things like that, because they all came from really conservative Christian backgrounds of there's so much work taught of how to be serving and be loving and all these things, but receiving it was such a foreign concept and not something that they had been taught ever really how to do that and be comfortable with others expressing that emotion towards them. And so I think that's a whole different part of emotion work as well. When we're quick to offer help, but we won't ask for help. When we're okay seeing other people struggle, but we're not okay showing our struggle. Essentially, when we're much more comfortable with other people's emotions, which isn't to say that we're still comfortable, but we're not comfortable with our own, that's born out of shame, which mm-hmm. I think we spent two episodes yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that being quick to offer help and not ask for help is from shame, and shame is the root of pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which ties into what I was thinking, which is that a lot of emotion work is about self-compassion and the common humanity that we've talked about before when it comes to Mm self-compassion. And so as we're talking about not wanting our emotions to be seen or being ashamed of having emotions and other people recognizing you might be human if you feel this way. One of the emotions that I've learned to really appreciate and identify in myself is actually resentment. Mm -hmm. I used to think resentment was bad. I am a recovering pleaser, so that would be most people who are pleasers think resentment is bad, but remember resentment is about being authentic. And so when I could recognize I wasn't being authentic, it takes a lot of energy to not be authentic. So I could move into a place where I could be curious and open to what I really wanted. And that didn't always change how I showed up. It didn't make me a mean person. It didn't make me suddenly, you know, it's, I don't care about anyone. I'm just going to care about myself. What it made me is recognize these are my values. I can stand in my values and feel really safe and secure in these values. And when my values align, I can help and serve other people in healthy ways versus just unboundaried ways. Mm-hmm. Going back to cutting off one or kind of smothering one emotion diminishes all of them. Uh, it's Emotions are messages, right? Every single episode so far, we've talked about what information they give us. If we ignore an emotion, it's not the end of the story. It doesn't just go away. It's kind of like in the first Harry Potter where Harry doesn't get his letter and so more owls are sent and then more owls are sent and then I, I don't a parliament what anyway whatever group of <laughs> owls are called and suddenly there's this flood of letters that come to him that's what happens with emotions if you ignore them the messages will just wait until you're ready to receive them and so if you ignore one or more emotions and again if you ignore one all of them are stunted then you have this buildup of emotion for however long we've ignored them. So Mm. once you turn to do emotion work, you're going to have a backlog of emotions that need to be sorted through, which can be overwhelming. It could be scary. It could be exciting. It could be exhilarating. Usually it's all of them. I just need to add this disclaimer that this podcast is in no way supported by JK Rowling or any of the Harry Potter entities. (laughs) Please send us money, WB. But (laughs) if you want to, there's an opening. (laughs) Um, No, I think that I think it is really good, though, to (laughs) recognize. I think it's. We won't say no to money. No. Or just contact with JK. Okay, so back to our emotions. (laughs) I was going back there. Okay. We'll circle around. I know I'm sort of around. I just had to add the disclaimer um, and the invitation. But I think when it comes to emotion work, I I do think that that it's back to and this leads into our next topics that we're going to be talking about with attachment. Right. It leads to that avoidance of attachment or the anxiety attachment. And I think that's why, like, it works so well having emotions being explained first and then the attachment styles, because shame very much an avoidant type of emotion right it makes us want to avoid our relationship with others avoid interactions that make us feel uncomfortable or unpleasant and so but it's it's good to recognize that shame portion and those other emotions too because then we have other things like anxiety as an emotion obviously a more anxious type of attachment right and so 
it's good to recognize with these different things what's going on. And it's really good to recognize, you know, just how our emotions present themselves when it comes to trying to interact with other people. Getting back to that idea. It's not just the fact that we're going to be in a cube with our emotions by ourselves and we have to learn how to like, you know, get through them. We're doing, we're using emotions and learning how to work with them because of how that helps us also interact with other people and with ourselves. But I mean, we're using it for interaction either way. To open up our emotions, uh, start with a coping skill, any coping skill that works for you. It can be minute long, five minutes long, and then spend five to 20 minutes just focusing on emotion that you'd like to focus on. It could be an emotion that's hard for you. It can be one that's less difficult for you. And just tap into something creative that helps you feel that emotion. Mm-hmm. Notice how you feel it. It could be through writing, reading, could be watching a movie, playing art. music, mm-hmm. art, dancing. Dancing is definitely the least way that I can, that's like speaking Russian to me, but <laughs> other people definitely tap into it. It could be yoga. Um, My favorite activity to give people in the very beginning, um, the two ones I'll mention, art. I have this like little gingerbread man kind of outline or gingerbread person, I guess nowadays, um, outline. And you label like the five basic emotions, like angry, happy, scared, love. Um, oh, what was the other one? Sad. And what you do is you pick a color for each of those five. And then on the gingerbread person, you make you you can shade you can draw what it feels like but on their body you show where those emotions come up for you I think that's one of the basic and really cool activities to like help someone kind of notice it but the other one is taking those same five basic emotions or you know going through the podcast finding like you were saying Taylor music that goes along with each one um I always will, you know, show for my examples, like the background music from Lion King when the wildebeest herd is happening. That's kind of like an angry, anxious kind of feeling, right? But then when I pull on the Charlie Brown song, the Christmas time is here from a Charlie Brown Christmas, that sounds sad, right? Like they're just like really sad and melancholy and they're not really sad, but like it's just a really slow sound. And so I'll show them that and be like, what are these emotions? And they automatically usually name those two. And then I say, okay, go and find music that you like, or that comes to mind of what the other emotions are. And I think that helps them actually like kind of cue those emotions to come up so they can practice what they look like, but then also practice being able to like identify them. And so I think like those activities you're mentioning, Taylor, are really helpful for people to really feel comfortable around the emotion and know what they are. And then you end with a coping skill, mm-hmm. we call it bookending, to make sure that you cleanse your emotional palate before doing the emotional exercise. Mm-hmm. And then you cleanse your emotional palate afterwards so that you don't open this new emotion or delve more into this emotion. And it's just open for the rest of your day while you're doing this new emotion work. So one of the things that can be helpful in therapy with people who are really emotionally blunted or stunted is actually to start backwards too and to say what what is a time you've needed connection that's lonely when's a time that you felt like you had a lot of meaning in your life that's happiness when did you feel like you had done something bad that's guilt 
So if you're really struggling with those, having a safe person that you can talk through that and help identify with is really important. I've had a lot of people come into therapy over the years who couldn't do that emotion. And so part of it was for me as an therapist play an attachment role, but also an emotional, uh, sorry, I lost my word. We like teach emotion. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. So therapists also teach emotional regulation. And part of emotional regulation is being able to name it and meet the needs of the emotion so that we don't stay flooded in whatever emotion is hijacking us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's a good point with the flooding situation is because honestly, we're going to get flooded. It's not that we need to like prepare for never getting flooded right it's the idea of like okay we've got people down south right now who are preparing for a hurricane they're not looking in and saying like well one day i won't have to prepare for this anymore it's like no i live in this area i just know this is something that's going to happen that's outside of my control right um and it's scary sometimes or it's people who are like you know what i'm used to this this is something that i've been doing for a while okay there we go I don't think either way is the way you should be preparing for it. You don't have to be scared out of your mind. You don't have to feel under control. There's a good mix. But first Wednesday, every uh, first Wednesday, every month in the Midwest, they have air raid sirens. It's Mm -hmm. to prepare for tornadoes. Yeah. And everyone just goes about their business. They just know. And so I think with what you're mentioning, Jen, it's just this idea of like, we just, we know. And it's, it's like you said, like you go about your business because you kind of know what's going on. Right. Or you prepare for this kind of um, hurricane situation because you know what needs to happen. Right. And so I think with what you're saying, Jen, it's, it's not even the fact of, I I love the fact that it's just like, you, you just know, you got to do it. Right. It's, it's going to happen. I think a lot of people, unfortunately are told by certain, you know, well-meaning people that the more you prepare the less you will ever flood it's the idea of saying i mean the more you prepare the less flooding is going to seem like a scary thing and you just realize it just happens right but and the quicker you come out of it yeah but it's it's not the preparation that's going to all of a sudden banish this regular cycling situation that we all go through and get rid of a natural process that we have So as you say that, I was thinking I've actually in the last week, I think I can think of at least three different distinct flooding experiences that I've had. Only three? You're much better than me. (laughs) Actually, three is a lot for me to be to be that level of flooded where I was really stuck. It was a hard week. Yeah, it was it was a really hard week. But it's interesting as you say that. And then as we were talking, we were talking about not having the same tools to process emotion that I had, whether it's the same interactions with people or just the same comfort in my environment and those kinds of things. And, um, in recognizing that I had to get really more purposeful. I I had to get more purposeful when I was flooded to slow down and take a lot more space than I was before and ask myself what I really needed and it's interesting because as we're talking about that I recognize that for flooding I like that Haley says there's nothing you can do to avoid it flooding is an experience that happens but I also like what Taylor said is is that you can prepare 
Mm -hmm. right? You can bookend and uh, processing emotions with coping skills, work on them and move back. And that's what I've done this week is I've started to recognize that I don't want to be flooded as often as I've been. So I have to do the work to get flooded Mm-hmm. Or to, sorry, I have to do yeah. the work to avoid getting flooded. I don't need any work to get flooded. <laughs> You're so cool. Yeah. Uh, it's Thursday, time to be flooded. <laughs> time to go. So my husband will walk into the room and see me just sitting there and he'll say, what you doing? And I said, I'm just having a hard day. So I'm nothing. But I really was doing emotion work. Maybe that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to sound way more productive if I say I'm doing emotion work. <laughs> totally bore him be like okay cool you do that (laughs) some husbands will run from such a statement there you go and they get flooded as well so if you've been uh blocking emotions blunting them however you'd like to phrase it and you start to do emotional work we talked about there may be being a dam that will break and you have to go through this backlog of emotions it will be overwhelming and you'll start to flood over very small things like um, how beautiful the trees are or the softness of a tissue. Or <laughs> and yeah. I know that this sounds terrifying. Like, why would I want to do that? Uh, the reason why is on the other side, uh, funny things will be funnier. The people you love, you'll love them more. Um, it, it, everything will be better. It's like those, it's, it is kind of, I think it almost feels like those scenes where you see someone who's like extremely tired in a movie and they just start like laughing out of control about something that isn't that funny. And they kind of break down. That kind of makes me think of flooding a little bit of it's like, that's less about someone is just nuts and more about, I am just so flooded with everything going on. And this is my way of just kind of letting it out for right now. Right. That's what happened to be doing my emotional work. Yeah. I was going to school and I was like, I need to have emotions to be a therapist. That's not what I signed up for. And so I came home and I talked to her. I was like, so I need to have emotions now. Just heads up. And I dove into the emotion work right into the deep end of the pool. And about a month. But you didn't hit your head or you did hit your head this time? Not this time. Different diving accidents. Yeah, yeah. There you go. (laughs) And uh, yeah, about month, two months long of me just being this like crazy hyena you were like i'm flooded watching 30 rock like this is so funny (laughs) his wife and him are still together just (laughs) yeah she definitely didn't marry the same person that i am today but she's definitely grateful i did the emotional work there you go yeah and i again i think this goes really well into our next couple episodes about attachment which bt dub uh renee brown is going through attachment work with the Gottmans in her episodes for her podcast this week and next week and the week after. Is she really? Yeah, she is, which is really exciting. So they're going over their new book um, and she's talking to them about all the research they've been doing over 2020 and things like that. So yeah, you probably flood as often as the Gottmans release a book. Yeah, I know, right? It's fantastic. <laughs> it's amazing. Wow. So <laughs> we are going to go do more of our own emotion work. And we'll see you guys next week to talk <laughs> about attachment. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We would love to hear from you.